This is the Spec Sheet. This is a very special edition of the Spec Sheet with Curtis Thornton. On this broadcast, each listener will receive a complimentary pre-owned 10 gigabyte IBM IDE hard drive. No need to call about the drive. We have your information. To speak with Curtis, call now at 573-837-4948. That's 573-837-4948. And now, here's the Spec Sheet. Okay, hey, it is the spec sheet. I'm Michael Van Dieven. He's Curtis Thornton. What's up, brother? Hey, I've decided I'm going to do this whole episode with my mic on mute, if you don't mind. Um, well, based on my expectations for tonight's show, I think that'll be entirely uh, just as pleasing for our audience. Um, Sweet. I have high expectations for us. Lofty goals <laughs> in mind. Uh, I like to meet and exceed expectations, so I'll mute it right about... All right. <laughs> And if you want to be on the show tonight, uh, since Curtis apparently won't be, the number to call is 573-837-4948. It's 573-837-4948. Let me go ahead and type that in the old uh, chat room here, as a matter of fact, just in case anybody wants to inquire as to the phone number. Um, so it's been a while since we've done a show, and yep. I used to complain. Hold on frog in my throat used to complain incessantly about the fact that i had to do this show from the office as opposed to doing it from home so i'd work all day something on the order i'd be there for eight or nine hours and then have to do this show on top of it and by the time i'm done you know you just need a change of scene when you're going to yeah. try and do something that's supposed to be fun for you and uh now this is all set up here at the uh, in the in the bedroom at Van Dieven Enterprises headquarters, I posted a couple pictures of my rig, uh, as they re refer to it in the industry. I posted a few pictures. Uh, I think a picture actually, not a few. And uh, that was a great I part of the thread, though. I, I promptly was trolled. Uh, people photoshopping <laughs> big black yes. cocks of death into the uh, into the frame. Just uh, really horrendous things. I think there was a. Uh, severed arm on the floor uh just all kinds of things i thought we had a meme wait i thought that wasn't photoshopped i thought that was just part of the ambiance of your room and you continue to speak to me anyway that says more that about you than me i have to say yeah uh but anyway i got it all set up here at the house and this show i believe is going to be a far more pleasurable enterprise from here on out for me to partake in not having to sit at the office and it's a lot less comfortable at the office as well because i was actually uh doing the show from my workbench the same bench that i'm actually working <laughs> on computers on all day long and i actually had my mic mounted on there and um uh, it was a disaster i it was See, it was like just so pieced together it, it fits the name of the show though the spec sheet i like that you're uh 
You're gonna have to do work from home now. Is what I'm saying. Boy, do I wish that. I wish I could work for home, from home and never have to communicate with a single customer. Boy, that would, would be that be a dream? <laughs> I, I, you know, I gotta say, as time is moving past here, as time is progressing, I am getting in my work. I'm getting more and more frustrated with having to deal with people, and I'm I'm starting to wish that uh, I could just do the work and someone else could handle the the public for me. But the problem is, I'm kind of in that spot. I'm in I'm in that pocket where I'm doing well enough for myself, and I get often enough work that it's hard for me to keep up. But it's not enough for me to bring someone else in and pay them. It's it's right. a really crappy little pocket to be stuck in and if anyone listening has ever owned a business i mean i think if you start a business out as a one-man operation just by yourself that is ultimately one of the biggest dilemmas you're going to face is when you reach that point in the development of your business where you can comfortably say to yourself okay it's time to hire somebody and you have to be prepared for all the implications of that it's very expensive to have an employee People don't realize. People realize yeah, no, they don't. They think say. that they they think that what they get in their paycheck is what it costs you to have them there. They don't understand all the contributions to Social Security. Um, there, there's other. I think there are other federal contributions that have mm-hmm. to be matched as well. Particularly now that we have uh, the uh, Affordable Care Act in place, I think that at least for businesses that have over a certain number of employees, right. that complicates that things different. even further. Yeah, and, yeah you have uh, to pay a fee. There's Just unemployment insurance, workman's comp. I mean, it's... Well, I, as a private employer of a small business like you would be if you hired somebody, it's so expensive. As a manager in a department that has a budget, it, it's, it amazed me the first time that I tried to give an, an, exceptional, an exceptional employee a raise. And you want to give them something good to show the, the good job they've done, but it's still so expensive that you, you don't go to the person and say... Well, here's what it costs the company to give you this raise. This is why it doesn't seem nearly as great on the, the you know the end what you net. But in reality, hey man, you got a big raise. I think that really the system is stacked against s- small businesses. Um, well, it is when you work what the first uh, how many months of the year? It's almost the first quarter of the year you you work just to pay taxes. I mean, how I'm I'm really tired of politicians pissing and moaning about how much they love small business and small business is the lifeblood of this country. Well, do something to level the playing field a little bit. It's not a big deal at all for GE to hire someone or give them a raise. They've already got all the infrastructure in place and it's uh, it's not even going to be noticed. But for a small bu- a small business guy like me should not have to jump through the same hoops and and uh, encumbrances that a company like GE would have to jump through in hiring somebody. All of the uh, social security contributions and stuff of that nature. I, I shouldn't have to do all that. It's just, it's just silly, and it's it's it, it it's, is painful. It's a uh, it's an anvil around the uh, ankle of economic development in this country. Uh, it's really well, the just the gov the level of government compliance. That you begin, is, you begin getting saddled with when you start hiring people. I mean, if that's not an impediment to businesses growing in this country, I don't know what is. Yeah, I mean, I, I would love to hear, because I have no idea, no frame of reference on this, but if you're in Europe, you know, I, I don't even care what country it is, but in Europe, how, how does it compare to starting a small business? Uh, 
is everything so in, institutionalized in terms of all the things you have to pay to where you don't notice it as much? Is it worse than it is in America? I'd, I'd be interested in finding out some real data on that. Well, uh, I think most Americans, if you would ask, uh, particularly people who are right-leaning, would probably say, oh, it's got to be so much worse in Europe to start. I don't know. Yeah, see, I don't know either. I, 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 I see what you're saying there, too, that most of them are going to just automatically go to that. But I'd like to actually know because it, it wouldn't surprise me if it's actually easier uh, to do it. Did you hear the uh, that to stay on a sort of political track? Uh, the uh, report that came out about health services in different countries and how we rated, I think, as the lowest in Western in Western countries, the U.S. did. I didn't hear about it, but it doesn't surprise me. Yeah, that, I, I, that's just I was thinking about that as you were talking. I'm just tired of being told how we have the greatest health care system in the world. Uh, we really don't. The only way we have the greatest health care system in the world is if you can afford access to it. Mm-hmm. If you can't afford access to it, well, you know, there's the curb. Sorry. You know, people die. Yeah. Uh, do, do you people ever, uh, pissing and moaning about death panels. You know, there have been death panels way before Sarah Palin ever coined the term. They're called insurance companies. You know how many right. people have died as a result of financial decisions made by their insurance companies well, w- when a company gets to put a cap on how many dollars they're going to spend on you in your lifetime that's a problem i think they, i think they've that? done away with the lifetime caps as a result I think of the uca of, yeah i think they have i'm just saying over time i mean i signed uh, up for obamacare obama obama yeah. <laughs> did you get a card with this picture every time i say the name obama i just feel compelled to go obama i got my obama phone did you ever see the Obama phone video? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Man, yeah. that is just, I can't believe there really are people like that in yeah. the world. I mean, how do you... Yeah, but on the other side of it, the, then you have the people who are patriots, uh, or whatever, the patriot movement, who sit out in, in Utah with their guns. So you got both sides of it. I mean, the same people. <laughs> the same people with different motivations. And a lot of those people are on just as many public benefits as inner oh, yeah. city black people that they would thumb their noses at. Right. That's actually one of the big misconceptions uh, uh, yeah. in our country as far as uh, you know, people who complain about public handouts is that uh, it's all just a bunch of big, fat black women pumping out kids because they get more money. It's actually, um, I'm pretty sure, and I hear it again and again when real statistics, statistics are cited, it's uh, actually white comprising a hugely disproportionate That's what uh, amount of the... Uh, public welfare consumption well that works out for both sides the the, the misconception for republicans it works because it's something they can can rail against and for democrats it helps because no one wants to think that they're actually in the group that uh, is being complained about so since it's something that's no one can really put their finger on it unless you actually look at data and no one in politics actually looks at real data uh, they can both play that uh, to their benefit that's why I don't think there's any real parties. I think both sides uh, just play the same issues. It's it's the same thing as like uh, in, in uh, Israel in the Middle East with Palestine. Uh, when they have standoffs between those two, uh, it always seems like uh, when the standoff ends, both sides get just enough to be able to go back to their side and say, we won more than they won. In reality, nobody won, but everybody stayed in power on both sides. As That's long as they're killing the Arabs over there, I don't mind. I really have to say, it's just, uh, oh, just kidding. Uh, you just reminded me. Uh, this this morning, as I'm driving into uh, to work, 
I uh, heard on the radio a station. I need to figure out if I can get a clip of this. But uh, these these guys, there's uh, three people on the show, and uh, one of them was complaining about something going on. I think it was soccer related, but I don't know. And one of the guys says, you know, I wish I could just strap a suicide vest on and go blow myself up uh, with all of those soccer fans or whatever. Did he get a call from Keith Rowland? Well, that's why I thought, you know, this is public, you know, this is over the airways, FCC regulated, and he just said it, and all the guys in it laughed. Yeah. And I immediately, as soon as I heard that, I thought, man. That's why some people have no business poking their noses into uh, how to run a broadcasting enterprise of any kind. Yeah. Well, and the quality of the show wasn't that great anyway, but I still couldn't help but hear that and think, man, uh, quality of uh, over-the-air radios definitely changed. Uh, AB wouldn't be so happy with it, would he? There really are uh, very few quality talk shows on the radio to listen to anymore. Yeah. Um, well, in the I haven't even listened to Rush in like two years. Yeah. No, I think he's. I I, I think he's playing out his contract. You think and, so? Uh, well, I think. Well, yeah. I I don't know. Again, I don't pay attention to the numbers on this stuff, but I would have to think his numbers are declining. Well, I mean, I, I the last I saw was something like 14 million listeners per week. And I remember... That's still really the, good. Well, it's still great, but I remember in the 90s hearing 21 million per week. And yeah. part of that, I mean, part of it's got to be attributed to the fact that he maybe just isn't as entertaining as he used to be. But also, people have so many other options as far as where they get their entertainment from that th- that may be the bigger uh, component here. Yeah, you know... I only listen to sports talk radio anymore uh, because there, there's nothing politically out there that fits into a niche that I'm really interested in anymore. And I, I just hate hearing the same guys yell and not have real. I, I can't remember the last time two people with dissenting views had a conversation on the radio uh, rather than just one person preaching to their own choir. I agree with the general in the chat room that Savage, at least as far as political talk is concerned, I think Savage, Michael Savage, is probably the best thing going right now. I can't Where's imagine how you're able to listen to sports talk radio. You're complaining about how talk radio sucks, yet on the other hand, you're listening to sports talk with just two oh, guys going, talk. listen, oh, if they want to win this game, what they're going to have to do is they're going to have to run that ball past the goal more times than the other team. If they can't do that, then I think by the time we run out of, by the time the clock runs out, you're going to find that they didn't win. No, sports talk radio is more about the uh, soap opera of the players and and the coaches uh, than it is about what actually happens on the court. It's a lot like politics, except uh, whoever has the most money definitely wins every time. I guess I understand all that, but to me... It's like a soap opera. I mean, who really cares, like... The NBA Finals just ended, and the San Antonio Spurs beat LeBron James and the the Heat. Uh, I, I I'm surprised because I've always had the opinion that the NBA plays towards its marketing favorites. So uh, LeBron James should have won for the marketing story, but uh, it ends up being more of a soap opera of how does LeBron feel, how do people feel about him. It's not about who played better and who's the better team, which was San Antonio completely, but. I wouldn't know LeBron James if he came to my door right now and tried to pitch me Amway. I wouldn't. I, I, I <laughs> swear to God, awesome. I, I would have no. I, Hello, I'm LeBron James. I'm here to get your ass in Amway. What do you think <laughs> he about this up shit? And says, uh, "Have you thought about working from home and making twelve thousand dollars a month? <laughs> I can help you do that." I had somebody come to my office today and take about an hour and a half of my time 
pitching me on of course i was told in advance that it would only take about 15 minutes but um mm. he seemed like a credible decent person so i thought okay what the hell come on over and uh, yeah. I told him up front, I said, look, I don't do multi-level marketing stuff. I don't do anything where the emphasis is more on getting new reps into the system than it is on moving a product. And I don't do anything where I have to make a financial buy-in to do it. So proceed. And then every one of those things ended up being a problem. I mean, <laughs> I don't think he, he mentioned the product initially, which is some kind of uh, supplement that you take and it supposedly enables your cells to uh, divest themselves of uh, free radicals. Free radicals, yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Do yeah. you know what the name of this product is? And he, pre he showed me some video of a... Wait, uh, is it a drink or is it It's a, a pill. And he so, showed okay. me a video of a segment from ABC News from like uh, seven years ago where they were talking about it. And the dude uh, took the pill and... He uh, came back a month later, and they tested his blood, and oh, his free radicals have dropped remarkably, and yeah, that's all great, yeah. and uh, it probably is. His blood pressure's through the roof, and he's going to die of a heart attack. <laughs> well, I don't even know about all that. And oh, by the way, one of the uh, primary ingredients, turmeric. <laughs> uh, well, that's, that's a slam dunk. Now, here, here's how he should have pitched it. He should have knocked on your door and said, <clears throat> Mr. Van Dieven, do you have 10 friends who'd like to make millions of dollars? Because if you have 10 friends who deserve it, I've got something that you can do that can help them and help yourself. I mean, the guy's He's just standing. Anytime someone comes to you with a multi-level marketing thing that they want to get you involved with, if the emphasis seems more on getting new reps and he spends all of his time telling you how much money you'll make for each new rep you bring in and very little time is devoted to the product itself, probably yeah. a good idea to run the other way. That's here's Here's what you have to do. There's two questions to ask. First is... I need your, your elevator pitch for it. Don't give me any other stuff, but give me the elevator pitch. After that, how many people are ahead of me or how many people are behind me if I sign up right now? Because if the elevator pitch is good and there's less than five people uh, up the line in front of me, then maybe I'd consider doing it because I'm going to make money off all the other people because multi-level marketing does not work if you're number 2,000. But if you're uh, 200,000, <laughs> it only works if you're the first five. These animals in the chat room are making fun of my pronunciation of turmeric. Is it not pronounced turmeric? I know it's spelled with an R, was. like T-U-R-M-E-R-I-C, I believe is how it's spelled. But I'm pretty sure it's pronounced turmeric. Yeah, well, all I know is it's really helped me. It, it's changed my, my vision is better. I, I wore glasses. Now I, I wear thicker glasses. You want to know what I take to stay healthy? I take air. Water. Yeah, I drink a lot of water, too. I mean, Except really? The, did you hear how fluoride there? There's been reports, I guess, that fluoride actually has been proven not to be very helpful uh, in water. And so they're recommending reducing the amounts. Not very helpful in terms of tooth decay? Yeah, and like the health benefits or the negatives outweigh any benefits it would give. Hmm. Well, I know yeah. there are a lot of people out there who are not particularly happy with the fluoride levels in their water. Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of those people are just parroting what they've heard Alex Jones say. That and they don't be. really have any scientific basis on why it is they hate fluoride so much. They isn't hate fluoride in their guy. water and it makes them so angry. But then they'll go use a, a tube of toothpaste that's got hundreds yeah. of times the concentrated amount of fluoride in it. You know, here's something random. Uh, I, I, I'm going to connect fluoride to chlorine just because they're both chemical uh, items. But uh, with pools, you know, summer hitting the Midwest now or 
North America, I guess. Uh, and, and looking at pools to buy like a small backyard one uh, for my kids. Chlorine, it, how ridiculous is it that we buy these things and put a bunch of chemicals in it to kill other things when it's water? And what does chlorine do to you if you ingest it? It's got to be bad. I don't think it really hurts you if it's in small amounts. Yeah, but when you buy like, uh, I'm trying to think how big the pool is. It's a medium size. Uh, Just like an above ground pool? Yeah, above ground, not permanent. You know, none of that. Uh, like this, this is going to your local Walmart or wherever, even though I don't want to give them my money. Oh boy, uh, what a bore. Yeah. But, what a uh, boring pool. Your pool yeah, sucks. Well, well, hey, you know, I, if... Uh, Curtis in his waist-deep pool. Not even <laughs> waist-deep. It's like at well, the top of your knees. Hey, everybody, let's go for a dip. Yeah, you, you have to remember I'm a redhead, so I don't go out in the sun, so you won't see me inside this thing. <laughs> uh, He's uh, a ginger! Really quick, I, I uh, let's see, three weeks ago, my kids were in a soccer tournament. And I covered myself with the thickest uh, SPF uh, <coughs> sun sun protection that I could, mm-hmm. and I still got a sunburn, and it hasn't gone away yet. Really, like a lobster? Oh yeah, I mean it's what it's, what, what was it, the SPF? Uh, I can't remember seventy five. Oh, it, it was it had to be at least that four thousand. Uh, well, I could go with that, and I'd still get a sunburn. I actually became pastier after using <laughs> <Yeah>. this sunblock <laughs> That's not it was such a high spf i may as well have put <laughs> white paint all over my body <laughs> you actually were generating power from the uh, solar uh, reflection well um enough of this babbling uh silliness this is a show about tech we talk about technology here but you know it's been a long time since we've done a show and yeah. so we kind of have to get it out of our systems and I think we've settled, uh, now that I've got the studio moved to my house, it's far easier to do these shows, far more enjoyable. We are going to stick to a regular Tuesday schedule from here on. And I know people don't believe me when I say that, but uh, you know what? Uh, I don't care what you believe because you're, you're <laughs> listeners. About you. It's about us. You're listeners. You don't matter. You just don't matter. Uh, that's how I view the audience. Just uh, bags of water. Uh, who happen to intercept our airwaves, uh, our, our, our voices from time... No, I'm kidding. I, I value each and every one of you and would invite any of you into my home to stay the night. Anytime, please. That I'll, reminds I'll post me, the address uh, later. Is uh, Jazz Munda going to be stopping by on, on his uh, tour of the U.S.? I think he's a little bit too hoity-toity to uh, spend time mingling with uh, rubes from the Midwest, such as myself. I think he'll probably stick to the coast. I, uh, yeah, I, well, I just don't think well, he, I just well, don't think he's interested in good old fashioned Missouri common sense. <laughs> Speaking of that, uh, sorry, it's off topic, but I, I just watched a video of your uh, your senator uh, going off on Doctor Oz. It was actually kind of cool. I don't know anything about it. Tell me. Uh, so uh, there was a Senate panel on fraud in, in advertising, specifically with uh, weight loss uh, supplements. And for some reason, they called, uh, and she's the uh, McCaskill, right? That's your one of your senators. Yeah. Uh, so she called Dr. Oz to uh, give testimony during it about the things that he uh, promotes on his show and why he uses the word uh, miracle and magic for uh, things that haven't been proven through the FDA for their weight loss ability. And what happened? <laughs> he just, he apologized and said he's going to do better and he's going to publish a list of what of the items he actually thinks uh, work and what don't. 
So a private citizen is called to task in front of a Senate panel of some kind where he has to... I don't understand that. How can a private citizen be forced to go sit in front of senators and be grilled like that? I would tell them to go fuck themselves. Because you can't, because they have the same uh, authority as a court. Well, I mean, he was subpoenaed to be there. Well, well, they could. That's what I'm saying. That if you say no to them and they want you, they can subpoena you. Yeah, but I think they have to have a reason to. No, I don't think so. Really? No, because any senator can call you, uh, call you to a, a hearing. And you're also under oath, and they can put you in contempt. Uh, huh. Yeah, well, it, actually, being called the reason you see people who usually do a really good job of performing in front of a camera and a crowd performing so poorly when they go to these Senate things normally, uh, if they've been sworn in during it, because they could—that's a very bad place to be in because you're uh, you're in a political court with political judges who can control your fate. It, it's not pretty. I think that's why it's fundamentally flawed, because you have political interests dictating what it is that's going to be said to you and asked of you, and that's not fair. Well, that's the whole reason that we had the the Red Scare so many years ago, uh, because of the ability of Congress to to use its uh, powers of whatever they call that. Uh, There's a specific name for it, but it's uh, I I can't grasp onto it right now, but uh, it's annoying. Well, uh, I guess this actually goes a, a tech direction, too, with uh, the IRS scandal uh, that's been going on for a while about the IRS using political motivations for their uh, uh, the way they, they handle different uh, nonprofit groups that uh, have uh, applied for nonprofit status, uh, mm-hmm. specifically the uh, uh, Tea Party. Uh, I guess the IRS have been, uh, I, I don't know if it's been officially proven yet, but the the, the prevailing thought is that uh, they were using the IRS to target Tea Party groups uh, negatively. And uh, so the Senate and, and uh, the House have, have called members of IRS to, to testify, and supposedly the IRS has lost all of the emails related to uh, the people who are in charge of this that would have evidence for the scandal. I saw a thread started on Belgab by Quick Carl pertaining to this, but I have not even clicked on it. I'm sure it was level-headed. Well, I I just haven't even bothered to click on it. I just can't be bothered. Well, uh, from the technical point of view, uh, first off, the federal government and all of its agencies, they store everything. They have to. They're legally required to to keep all of this. If it was a private company, they'd have uh, certain rules with it, too, for how long they have to store that. But for a, a federal company and with sunshine laws, all of that, they have to store it. So I don't understand how their people in charge can stand before the, the Congress and say that they've lost whole sections of emails. And, and I can't remember the guy's name now. I wish I had uh, the audio to play for it. It's probably on YouTube. But he said it might take years before they can recover all the email. And the, the senator who was, was grilling him on this said, uh, I have a way to recover email. Let's go to your sent box and pull everything out of it. He said, have you ever used Outlook before? And the guy's like, yes, I use Outlook every day. And uh, he's like, I have to think your IT people can search this and uh, find the, the emails and the, the IRS employees. So well, I'm not sure how all that works, sir. That's pretty egregious. Yeah. Oh, in the uh, chat room, WR250 uh, 
has a great point. Uh, NSA has all of it anyway. Yeah, that's uh, really, that was the first thing that, that entered my mind when you said this. Just go to the NSA. I mean, clearly yeah. they don't want anyone to see the emails. Clearly there's something damning in them. I'm, well, I, what know, is this song and dance everybody's playing? Nobody really believes they lost the emails. Well, the only again, people who would believe that are like political hacks who are just out there shilling for the administration. And they don't believe it. They just they're getting paid. No, they don't believe it. They're, yeah. just, well, they're just getting on MSNBC and Fox News to say what they say. Yeah, and it's not even a political thing of right versus left, because I have to believe that the right uses the IRS the same way. It's just they didn't get caught. I don't see any reason to believe they don't use the IRS the same way, although the perception often is that uh, liberal Democrats are going to be more likely to use arms of government in order to suppress political opposition. But then again, um, it depends who you're asking. Um, Yeah, well, I I think uh, the, the definition of right versus left from 10, 15 years ago, yeah, uh, those thoughts could work, but they're both the same. They, they, they both work from the same set of rules now. A Republican administration is more willing to use the government to meet its goals and its end than uh, j- just as a Republican or a Democrat is. That, that was proven by the Bush administration. Look, compared to past Republican administrations, how often do they use executive order and then sometimes just go in their own, own way with cowboy uh, d- uh, diplomacy? That's an executive use of power that uh, does not have oversight. It's it's just so depressing. I don't even really pay into attention to politics anymore. I just can't mm-hmm. be bothered with it. It's just so depressing. Um, I feel like we're essentially being ruled by a uh, a dictatorship class. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't feel like there's any form of representative government taking place in the United States today. And I'm not just saying that because Barack Obama is the president and man, I don't want no, I don't want no black guy. And why? No, that's not why I'm saying that. I mean, I, I've been feeling that way for quite some time. And actually those feelings precede the Obama administration. I, I, yeah. I a lot of what it is that Obama's done in the course of being the president of the United States are Bush era policies that he has simply continued or, pursued even further than Bush did. But Bush yeah, well, is the one who laid the groundwork for the Patriot Act and the warrantless yeah. wiretaps and people being able to storm into your home in the middle of the night and you're breaking federal law if you tell anybody that they did it. Uh, just the, the list yeah. goes on and on. Of What's just, that called? National papers? Or, or a national letter? Or security letter? I forget what they call it. No agenda always talks about it. The letter you get if the government comes in to do something and wants to tell you you can't. Yeah, I know. Talk about uh, I know what it is that uh, I know what it is that you're talking National about. National Security Letter. Yeah, that's it. The yeah, general. That, the general says Nixon was such a Boy Scout compared to what goes on now. I think you're right. Yeah, I believe it. Uh, it's just it's amazing to me. Yeah, politics is a game. I mean, it, it's always been based under game theory. Uh, at least that's what the public seems to to think it is. But in reality. Uh, you know, the, the game is that both sides just want to keep each other in power. I, I saw uh, an article about how uh, Mitt Romney is uh, uh, regaining power again. God damn it. Yeah. I thought I, I was so sure I was done looking at his stupid Mormon milk toast kisser every four years <laughs> after 2012. I was so sure it was finished. And, and now look. 
Yeah, I don't know if that's true or not. I I, I don't know, man. I I mean they probably this documentary comes out on Netflix. Which by the did you see the uh, Romney 2012 campaign documentary on Netflix? No, no, I haven't. It's really unrevealing. I mean, there's <laughs> everything that you see is done for the camera. There's nothing revealed really about. Pardon me, I had Burger King just prior to this broadcast. <laughs> There's nothing revealed in the documentary that you just wouldn't have assumed anyway just by watching the guy, or that we wouldn't just assume anyway knowing how politics works in the United States. Yeah, well, you know, it, you, you, don't, you, of- you don't ever hear him accidentally fart into the face of a staffer. Nothing yeah. interesting <laughs> at all happens. Well, you know, like Bob Dole back in the day, he seemed like extremely boring in terms of his personality and it will even politically uh he just wasn't exciting so when he ran for president uh he, he just didn't get any kind of excitement generated for him to win uh but then after he was out of politics and he would he would come on different shows like entertainment shows like Leno and and Letterman he was really funny he seemed like a really good guy nothing at all like the politician that had been around for years for decades and uh, I assumed that uh, Romney would be the same way, but no, it doesn't seem like it. What we saw on the trail is who he is. I guess the biggest reason I think that Dole lost in 96 was because the economy was really uh, cranking along, and whether Clinton was responsible for that or not, which really I don't see what economic policy you could put your finger on to say, yes, here's why the economy was... Just- here's why he, the only credit he gets for that, and I think he does deserve some credit, is he stayed out of the way. The Republican Congress did a few things that helped, but then what probably helped the most was that he just kept his mouth shut and enjoyed the success. The the whole Monica Lewinsky scandal and the other things that happened around uh, Clinton, actually probably, I mean, they they hurt us in terms of creating the TMZ culture we have now to where even our politics uh, aren't sacred. But at the same time, economically, he stayed out of the way while a big boom happened. I mean, again, it was it was a bubble, so people were going to lose in it. But for a short while, a bunch of people made money, and it was good. I remember doing computer jobs back then, and everyone talking about dot coms. Everyone was going to start a dot com. I think maybe everybody did. Uh, when yeah. the bu- bubble burst, of course, it, it hurt a lot of people. But Clinton staying out of the way let the bubble last as long as it did. I think the one of the biggest examples of that whole dot com thing that sort of got etched into people's minds, and you probably know what I'm going to say, is pets dot com. Yeah, and just the stupid. I, I mean, has anyone listening to this show ever gone to Walmart and picked up a bag of dog food? That shit's heavy. You know what it's yeah. going to cost to ship that somewhere? One bag yeah. at a time, because Lois Jackson and 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 Frankfurt, New Hampshire, needs a bag of dog food for her poodle Skittles. You know how much that's yeah. going to cost to ship to her? The only way that's going to be viable is if she's a she's an invalid who can't get out of the house, has the money to pay for it, and no one else is willing to help her, and she has no other options. Okay, go ahead and ship my 40-pound bag of dog food, please, for twice the <laughs> price it would cost, if not more, uh, to go to the store locally and purchase it. I mean, what a stupid business idea, but there was this... There was this energy there. <clears throat> there was this energy in the air that caused people for whatever reason to just conclude 
that, well, because it's a dot-com business, that insulates it from the normal axioms that a business typically would operate under. So we don't have to worry about it. We'll be fine. Let's have a pizza party tonight. You guys going to be there? <laughs> I am too. I'll see you. Pizzahut.com. <laughs> yeah. well, here's what's sad about that era. The three things that stand out to me are the pets.com failure, two was groceries delivered, so the same idea. Uh, there people that, that, are people still aren't letting that one go. I know, but it's ridiculous. Uh, you know, the, the grocery guy is gone. I mean, now there's uh, or the the grocery boy it doesn't exist anymore. Now it's a uh, NCR self checkout that you bag your own groceries. So that's dead. Uh, but the third thing is Starbucks because Starbucks latched on to that whole trend of uh, I am a dot com. I'm successful. I hang out at the coffee shop and I pay too much for coffee. And that's the one thing that's carried on to, to today. I mean, they really grew out of the dot-com era and became extremely successful because of a lifestyle. I really wish I could go back in time and just start purchasing dot-coms. Who, yeah. who was it that owned McDonald's.com? Wasn't it? Wasn't oh. there an, uh, an employee of McDonald's that actually owned that domain name? <laughs> I don't know. For I, some time. I don't remember I know Adam Curry owned MTV.com, and that caused a battle because <laughs> he, he tried to get them to buy it, and they wouldn't, so he did. And uh, did they – well, they they own it now, but, I mean, they, well, how yeah, did there, they get there it was, from him? There was a, a battle, and he ended up – well, if I remember the story right, uh, so he went to them and said, hey, you need to do this, and they said, shut up, Curry, go back to doing your job. So he registered it and started doing MTV stuff for them, and then they finally got smart. Man. And uh, – realized that there was some value to it because at that point what he said is the only thing they owned were keywords on aol which that's totally <laughs> uh, but uh, God, that's something you haven't heard in a long time aol <laughs> keyword shit stain just go there you're gonna find all of our products uh it's gonna be really groovy baby yeah so uh th they had a battle he managed the site for a while and then they took it from him totally which i'm sure he got compensated for it but but what about radio.com and mark mark cuban I mean, that's, I mean, that dude is a... Wasn't that Broadcast.com? Broadcast, yeah, Broadcast.com. Sorry, you're right. Yeah, come on, Curtis. The, I know. Yeah, the, he, he's a, a Indiana University graduate. They like to promote him heavily in Indiana because of that. Uh, so, I mean, the, the biggest thing that Indiana University has going for it is a guy sold a dot-com for, what, was it a billion dollars? It was huge. If you're asking me, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, if it wasn't a billion dollars, it was many hundreds of millions of dollars because he's his, his being rich came from that. Um, you know, it's really funny watching the delayed responses in the chat room because what you're actually hearing as you listen to this show live was said something on the order of 15 to 17 seconds ago. And so I see, ew, from treading water in the chat room. Is, is she upset with AOL keyword shit stain? No, I think she's uh, talking about what uh, the general said, diapers.com. Oh, okay. Well, I'm yeah. sorry I couldn't be a part. I'm glad Treading Water is in here, by the way. and She was one of my all-time favorite callers. Uh, yeah, she should call in. Nah, maybe. I don't know. Maybe she shouldn't. I don't know. Okay. Oh, really quick. If she has something to talk about. That's right. Uh, how do you feel about potentially becoming a Sprint customer? Um... You really think that's going to happen? T-Mobile well, is going to be sold has, to Sprint. If AT&T has anything to say about it, it won't be. But 
It's kind of funny AT&T should have anything to say about it. I thought they were all in favor of mergers uh, when they were trying to acquire T-Mobile. They were, but then they got Oh, down. wow. And I'm sure their reasons are entirely altruistic. They'll tell us about how this is going to harm consumer choice and it's going to stifle innovation and it's going to cause prices in the mobile industry to rise uh, precipitously. And la di di da it's going to have nothing to do with the fact that there's just a little bit of butthurt going on because they at one time wanted to be the people to own T-Mobile and that didn't exactly go through. To everybody's shock, everybody was yeah. so sure that was going to go through. Yeah, I, I thought it was. Yeah. You also thought Rand Paul was going to lose in Kentucky. Look what but that hey, got you. Who called the AT&T was going to buy direct Look TV. what that got you, Curtis. Look it, what that it, got it, you. It got me uh, very close to a state that elected somebody who actually is crazy. Okay. But, but hey, I did call AT&T and DirecTV. So I got, sure you have two against me, but I've got one. I'd say scoreboard, but I'm not there yet. Um, well, this is the spec sheet. As I said earlier, it's a show about technology. And, uh, you know, we're just kind of doing what we do. And if you want to be on the show tonight... Uh, there's a phone number you can call to make that happen. The phone number is 573-837-4948, 573-837-4948. Speaking of T-Mobile being acquired by Sprint, potentially. Hold on. Boy, that uh, Burger King, I I really shouldn't have... Uh, man, <laughs> I shouldn't have done that to myself Actually, and the audience. <laughs> th- this might be one of the high points of the episode so far, so I think maybe it was a good idea. I'm... Uh, if you follow me on Twitter, I am M Van Deven. That's M Van Deven on Twitter. Uh, you'll see my post where I thanked T-Mobile for actually following through, and they really did what they said they were going to do. They paid my early termination fee from Verizon in the amount of four hundred and ten dollars, sent to me in the form of a prepaid credit card, which I promptly called up Verizon to use and uh, pay off the ETF. The only problem is that. It took so long for this to happen that by the time I actually got the money from them, because I didn't want to spend my own money, by the time I actually got the money from them to forward it on to Verizon, Verizon was on the brink of sending me to collections. I mean, it it <laughs> really great, isn't it. I mean, I know. I mean, that's one thing they're really screwing up on. I mean, don't you know that most people are just going to wait until you pay them this money and then for well, actually. Most people are idiots, and what they're going to do is they're going to get this money, and they're going to use it to have a good time this weekend, as opposed to paying off their ETF with Verizon. You know, most people are bums. The bums will always lose! (laughs) Uh, Mr. Lebowski. uh, So they sent that to me. I got that paid, and uh, it, it was a slow process, but it was easy. And But there's a little bit of ambiguity, because on the one hand... Uh, a friend of mine, Andy's a client of mine, he switched to T-Mobile, but they wouldn't refund, uh, they wouldn't compensate him for his ETF unless he traded in his old phones. But I didn't trade in my old phones, and I didn't have any problems. That's, I thought you had to trade in. I, I didn't. realize you didn't. I didn't. Hmm. I didn't, I didn't trade cool. in a thing. So I don't know. I, I've still got two Galaxy Nexus phones here. I don't know what I'm going to do with them. Maybe I'll donate them to uh, a less fortunate member of Belgab who needs a <laughs> uh, an, uh, a two-generation-old Android device with a cracked screen. If that's you... What about, what about former members who've been banned who have their own podcast? I don't have enough phones for those people. Oh, okay. 
I only have two. Let's not <laughs> well, get fine, then. let's not get silly here, Curtis. I, uh, <laughs> let's calm down. So anyway, I've been actually quite happy with T-Mobile. At first, it was a little bit rocky. I don't know if this was something that was particular to my geographic area or if it was something affecting the entire T-Mobile ne- mobile network. I have no idea, but I was essentially incapable of using YouTube over 4G data for quite some oh, time. Cool. Yeah, And it began to make me think that what they were doing was throttling or using some sort of... Uh, uh, bandwidth shaping technology yeah. to prevent me doing things that were actually going to use my bandwidth, uh, to That's use my data. And uh, But then that just magically started working properly again. So clearly there was just something going on with the network, either in this area, or it could have been nationally because I got online and I was reading about this and people were complaining about this just ad nauseum all over the place. Yeah, yeah I wonder if somebody uh, on the network side screwed up and changed the port. It was something that simple. Because I don't see T-Mobile going in and uh, purposely blocking something. Now, Verizon, I think they've been proven now that they'll, they're willing to do that uh, to, to throttle services. But T-Mobile, I mean, that just that goes against everything they've claimed to be. Uh, Treading Water says that I should have a contest and give the old phone away as a prize. I, I, I've, just be careful I've thought keep about it- that, but my, my concern is uh, someone might get the phone who has a level of technical expertise that allows them to recover files and what I don't need people looking at my, all of my gaping pictures that I uh oh. I, I just don't need that. <laughs> you know if those got onto bell gap it could ruin me so uh <laughs> yeah I just don't need that you know life is complicated enough I got taxes to pay I got bills to pay uh I don't need my gaping just pictures just think how much more you around. could pay. think how much more money you'd make if you'd sell those um, actually, I think people would pay me not to release them. I could threaten people. If you don't, I was just like Dr. Evil with my pinky on my lips, you know, threatening yeah. if I don't get $1 million by midnight, the world um, will receive it, these gaping photos. And they're in the band even, uh, band even enterprises actually has investments through all kinds of companies. And we made $5.2 million last year. You might want to bump that number up. some. you know, if you even know what I mean by gaping, I don't know. That says more about you than me. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> anyway. There's a lot of things in life like that. So I've been that, very that, happy with T-Mobile. I love my Galaxy S5. What about yours? Have you been happy with it? Yes, I have. Uh, the one thing I still need to sort out is rooting it and then doing my own custom bootloader because I believe you are correct that it is near impossible for me to put uh, not necessarily a, a stock or, a, or vanilla ROM on it. But uh, put anything else. I mean, have you played with that yet on yours? Oh, I'm rooted. Yeah, okay. But there well, aren't rooted, really any I, ROMs out there. The ROM I'm waiting for is the Google Play, uh, Google Play ROM, which, right. to my knowledge, isn't yet available. I've been watching Cyanogen Mod. It's yeah. still in the very initial early nightly stages. Uh, nightlies meaning, uh, for those of you listening, uh, that's where they essentially release an updated version of the ROM on a nightly basis, just for testing purposes, it's not meant for uh, any sort of a daily driver situation. And uh, they refer to those builds as nightlies, and that's where the status is at right now for the Galaxy S5 if you want to run Cyanogen Mod on it. And uh, that's kind of depressing because I do feel like the phone is a little bit hobbled by 
some of Samsung's uh, encumbrances that I've grown to be just slightly annoyed by. Although, from everything I've read, and this is the first Samsung Galaxy I've owned, but from everything I've read, if you own the 4 on down, TouchWiz, which is Samsung's proprietary Android skin, was far more annoying in all prior versions of the Galaxy S uh, until the 5. They've really toned it down, supposedly. And I will say yeah. that having come from a Galaxy Nexus, which is just pure Google Android and nothing else from any carrier or any manufacturer or anybody else other than Google, having come from that to a Galaxy S5, um, the experience is very similar to that of the Nexus. There are some differences. One of the things that really bothers me is in the notification panel, there's so much space taken up by just bullshit. There are buttons yeah. in there that I don't want. That's not where I want those buttons, like to turn on and off screen rotation, to turn Wi-Fi on and off. Those are all inside the notification panel when you swipe down. I don't want that. I'll put, that widget, that part of the I'll put a widget on one of my home screens if I want that. What? I thought that was part of your settings that you could turn that off. If it is, please educate me because I would love to do so. Well, I have I no there's idea. Two different, there's two different ideas of toolbox. There's the Samsung toolbox thing, which is a oh no no a no little button, which is a waste, and that's not. I know it's not what you're talking about, but I thought they also called that a toolbox area under your settings that you could turn it off. I haven't tried, but because uh, that that reminds me a lot of iPhone, so I actually like those buttons. WR250 in the chat says he hates the My Magazine crap when you swipe up. You can you can disable that entirely. Off. Yeah, I turned that off immediately. Yeah, uh, and just get rid yeah. of it. The two things that bug me still about the phone, first is that I never really feel like I've got anything turned off, like uh, the management of apps and the memory they take up. Android still fails to make me feel like I've turned something off. Uh, and that annoys me because well, I have... Here's what you need to do if you want to really turn something off. Just press the button to see all of your recent apps right. and swipe it to the side. That closes it. Yeah, I do that, but then I've also got the uh, icon that shows you how many active apps are running. And I, I will have swiped something away, and then I go there and see it's still running, so then I end the, the application there. And what really bugs me is that Google Music is playing all the time. Like, I turn, off, turn it off. And uh, then the process is running again. Um, I always just disable that entirely because I don't use it. Yeah, well, I, I went through all the AT&T stuff because my phone came bloated with all the AT&T crap. And really? still every time it, uh, when it does an over-the-air update, uh, I get more apps installed on my phone. It's, it's great. Uh, I've had that happen several times now. <sighs> and, and then I found out because I went in and I tried to uninstall everything I could. And then I disabled ones that I knew I'm never going to use. Uh, but then I thought I had uninstalled several, but it turns out I just uninstalled their updates, which means the next time my phone checked for an update, it re-updated those apps and enabled them again. So so that really annoys me. Just in case uh, you really didn't know what you were doing before, and well, maybe he really does right. want these apps. He just doesn't know it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so that really annoys me. Uh, there, there was something else. What was it? Well, all yeah. by and large, I, I'm very satisfied with this device. It's certainly the fastest Android device I've ever used. It's got the most beautiful screen of any device I've yeah. ever used. Uh, it takes better photos than any device I've ever used, better video than any device, um, all uh, the way up to 4K, although the resolution isn't technically 4K resolution. Uh, resolution, it's still better than 1080p. 
if you choose to use that, although the image stabilization doesn't work if you uh, film in 4K, and so that can be a little shaky. You might want to get yourself like a monopod or something. Yeah, with taking pictures, trying to do their HDR is a lot more annoying compared to the iPhone. But just in general, making videos and taking photos are a lot better on this. I mean, they're so awesome. I can't complain at all. Get this. Today, a lady came into my office. Uh, she had her Windows 8 machine in there. I did some work on it, and she also wanted to know how to get pictures off of her Windows phone onto the computer. Did you know that if you have a Windows phone and you simply use the USB cable and plug it into the computer, nothing happens? Really? Can you believe that shit from this that doesn't surprise me. stupid douche of a company, Microsoft? You make Windows, you make Windows Phone, and I'm going to plug this phone into this Windows computer. By the way, a Windows 8 computer, which, oh, it's... Uh, it's so friendly to mobile, this new Windows yeah. 8. It's it's so pro-mobile. Well, if it's such a mobile operating system, why is it that it's too dumb to know what to do with my Windows phone? How many Windows phones are there out there that this operating system, Windows 8, can't figure out what to do with this particular phone that I've plugged in? It wasn't until I ran out and bought, not bought, ran out and downloaded some sort of management software that suddenly the computer detected the phone being... The computer didn't even did, detect... Did you have to download Xbox Music? No, but the computer oh, didn't even detect that there was a phone plugged in or any device, any storage device or anything plugged into the computer until I installed this stupid software, which allows you yeah. to sync videos and photos and music uh, from the phone to the computer, or from the computer to the phone, vice versa. Uh, and what's really hilarious about this software is that if the photos you're syncing from the phone to the computer are already on the computer, the software doesn't tell you that. It just goes, okay, here we go. And it syncs it over, and that's it. You don't. No one tells you that, oh, hey, yeah, that's already on your computer, so we don't need to do that. Or do you want to do it? You want to overwrite what's all, Nothing. It's just... And off it goes. <laughs> same thing with music. Same thing with video. Um, and the other thing that's really hilarious about this software, which, by the way, you download from Microsoft. This is the official yeah, software from Microsoft in order Microsoft to sync one of their light. stupid Windows phones. And you're sitting there, you're looking at the list of photos that are on the device that you want to move over to your piece of shit Windows 8 computer. And you got to sit there and you got to click the little square next to every single photo that you want to move from the phone over to the computer. Because there's nothing at the top that says select all. There's not a little checkbox up at the top above all the other checkboxes like in Gmail or any other uh, piece of software I've ever seen where there are checkboxes that one might use in order to denote what they want to do. There's nothing at the top you can check so that it just selects all the pictures. So I stood there for five minutes just individually checkmarking each one of these stupid motherfucking photos so that I can move it onto this piece of shit Windows 8 box so that she can go home and continue in misery. Unbelievable. I don't know why it is nobody wants to buy a shitbox Windows phone. I have no idea why this is not taking off. Why is it that everyone's buying Android phones and iPhones instead? Oh, I don't know. It's certainly got nothing to do with quality of usage. It's certainly got nothing to do with user experience. <laughs> I think Unbelievable. We found the it's absolutely. 
It's absolutely horrible. Anyone out there thinking of buying? I told this lady, next time you, clearly you're coming to me because you're not confident in your level of uh, technical expertise. So the next time, I didn't say it like this, you know, but uh, I said, the next time you go out and you buy something like this, call me and ask me my opinion on it. And I'll, I'll, you know, I have no incentive to steer you one way or the other. I'm going to tell you what's really best for you. And my God, would I never have recommended a Windows phone to you. It is such a pile of shit. I don't understand how it is Microsoft expects this is going to set the world on fire. Sure, run out and buy Nokia. Yeah, that's the ticket, as John Lovitz would say. Why don't you just go out and buy Samsung and uh, LG and HTC while you're at it? No one is going to want Windows Phone. It sucks taint. Thank you. (laughs) And that is uh, your public service announcement for this episode. It is just mind numbing. <laughs> I, I wish you could have seen me sitting there like a complete jism bagel, checking <laughs> each little picture. De- 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 yeah. de- oh, here's a picture of a pumpkin. Check mark. De- 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 <laughs> de- 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 oh, here's a poodle's asshole. Why anyone photographed that? I don't know. Probably a mistake. I'll check mark it. De- 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 <laughs> just bullshit. Windows phone sucks my ball bag. <laughs> That was Steve Ballmer's uh, Windows phone. Gift. Fuck Steve Ballmer and fuck <laughs> Steven Sanofsky. Fuck all of those assholes. I'm sorry this radio show is supposed to be, uh, you know, like terrestrial radio friendly now. I can't contain myself. Just a horrible fucking phone. <laughs> Windows phone. Has your life experience with Windows been so miraculous and wonderful that you now want to walk around with a mobile device that bears that same name? Has your history with Windows been so uh, (laughs) devoid of complication and misery from the 90s all the way through to Windows 8? You've just been so problem-free with Windows that you now want to integrate this into another aspect of your technology life? Really? (laughs) Uh, well, I, I think back to uh, my Windows Millennium, and I say, yes, I, I want it. Oh, my God. I was so angry, and I was just, yeah. I wanted to bite. Charge the, by the click. I just wanted to bite the desk. You know, I actually, I, I was, I felt sorry for her. I just felt <laughs> yeah. like in my anger, I was tempering my anger by uh, replacing it or like just sort of uh, insulating it with a thin layer of sorrow. For this customer, who's just a nice you, you old lady, she doesn't know one way or the other. She goes into the store, some broad tells her to buy a Windows phone. That's what she walks out with. Unfortunate. That's, a, that, that's the uh, the commission phone of the week. The big commission one is what she got. You should have set it up to where every time she clicks a button, it plays like sad music. Can you imagine any, any, any circumstance in which the manufacturer of a computer operating system who also makes... Phones that run an operating system that they make wouldn't put into place some mechanism so that they just know what to do with one another. Is that even conceivable? I could understand if I plug an iPhone into a Windows PC. That makes sense. Yeah, you know, Microsoft is It says, hey, do you want to connect this? Microsoft's not going to break its back trying to accommodate another company's products. I get that. But they make this. They make both of these stupid products. And this is not some uh, fly-by-night, nobody's ever heard of it. Uh, just, you know, yesterday's news Windows phone. This is one of their top tier products. It's a modern yeah. Windows phone. I swear to God, 
any of you listening to this show, if I find out any of you bought Windows phones, <laughs> I'm going to drive to your house in a rusty brown pickup truck, and I'm going to facially rape you. You listen to this show and you run out buying a Windows phone, you're no friend of mine, and you're no listener of this show. Don't tell anybody you listen to the spec sheet, because you don't. <laughs> you're dead to me. <laughs> windows phone so wait, are you, are just you the sound into, of it just the, so you're saying you're into necrophilia is that what that's called just the sound of it windows phone Ugh. <laughs> that just, prefer, that's just that's like for door phone that's like saying i drive an adobe corvette what <laughs> no that would be awesome actually i drive a, a lot. i drive a mud and straw lamborghini what <laughs> do you what do you no <laughs> no one drives a mud and straw lamborghini what is this? Unless it was the deal that week and, and the person sold it to them because the commission was higher. Windows phone. Ugh, stick to making computers. You know, that's all you guys are good at anymore. Stick to computers. And by the way, I'm sitting here looking at this stupid Surface story. Microsoft has trimmed the prices of its second generation yep. Intel-based Surface Pro 2 tablets just ahead of the beginning of its uh, Surface Pro 3 delivery. As if. As if. There's a big clamoring of people out there, but for the price of this tablet would run. If this thing cost $100, no one I know is going to run out and buy this. They don't even know it exists. And when you turn this thing on, it looks like that shitty Windows 8 Metro that everybody hates. Who would buy a tablet? When they turn it on, it looks exactly like that stupid thing on their computer that they hated so much. Who? No one's yeah. going to buy that. Well, I just have to say the the Surface Three is really I, I I've played with one of them, and I do like it. <laughs> Man, they're getting closer. The, I this, uh, Microsoft. I I I, I locked I'm, my doors, I, If by the I way. were a stock, if I were a stock owner, if I owned stock in Microsoft, my blood pressure would be infinitely higher than it is at this moment. Uh, yeah. I guess the that reason, one guy at the meeting who's just screaming the whole time. I think the reason this makes me so angry is because it's nothing but squandered greatness. It's squandered power. It's squandered no, they were influence. Never great. Well, they were just they were the biggest guy in the room. That's all they were. They were, they, they were never innovative. Well, uh, uh, okay, there are a lot of there are a lot of nuances to all of that and whys and what fors, but. In terms of market share, you know, that at the end of the day is what really counts. Right. How many people are buying your stuff? How much money's being made? How many people are being turned into billionaires? And Microsoft was it. And yeah. look at it. It's just they they're they're absolutely a ship without a rudder. Who didn't see this mobile thing coming? The iPhone well, comes out in 2007 and Bill Microsoft Gates saw it way before. I mean, he talked about it in his little uh speeches he would give. He talked about the connected world and uh Small devices that you would use for your computing. Back in the, the late 80s, early 90s, they were already moving towards it. It's just they, they got caught up in their own hype of the fact that Windows and Office sold so well, they didn't have to try very hard. <sighs> they deserve but their the failure. Windows, uh, or sorry, the Surface 2 and the, and the original Surface, those were failed. I mean, they were... There are okay tablets in the terms of Windows tablets. And again, I have a Windows tablet, and I would rather have a Surface than the one I have. But the Surface 3 is actually kind of cool. <clears throat> Bigger screen. It really is a laptop replacement. Uh, Neuropath 
Neuropathy in the neuropathy in the chat room says I can't stand listening to someone talking on an iPhone. Sounds like crap. I agree. The iPhone's never been a good phone. Yeah, that's always been my biggest issue with it. Oh, oh, really quick, I remembered what it was. Uh, you had sparked the thought about the Galaxy S. This is more of an Android thing, but uh, widgets seem like the because that's one thing I didn't have on my iPhone that I get now, and those seem like the biggest waste of time ever. I Most of them are complete dog shit. Yeah, there's not like the only widget worth having for me is the S Health. It's kind of nice because I can use that to sync with my uh, my watch and see things quickly. But uh, yeah, but that's about it. I can't think of anything you find else that useful. That, do you? Uh, <laughs> I make more phone calls on it than I expected. It's nice when I'm driving. To- the only useful widget that I have ever consistently used on an Android device is the power control widget that allows you to turn the screen brightness up and down, turn data synchronization on and off, turn Wi-Fi on and off. Other than that, I've never used any of those, really. Yeah, well, they suck. Well, they, they, uh, they just consume resources. It's like, oh, yeah. you, you'd rather have this running all the time than only running when you really need it? Oh, okay, great. Yeah, I had the Sports Center uh, app called Score Center on it. And yeah, that thing was such a drain. It was annoying. Uh, one thing I do like is I, right before Apple bought uh, Beats, uh, Beats uh, Audio, I had downloaded uh, the Beats Music app. And it was like it was close to being what Spotify is, but uh, a little bit better. Uh, through AT and T, I can get five accounts for fourteen dollars a month, and they have the the same amount of songs between Spotify and Beats Audio or Beats Music. The one thing that annoyed me though is on Android. Here I've got a sixty-four gig micro SD card in it, but I couldn't cu- put the music that I download on it to the SD card, so I was going to cancel the service because of that. But just last week, they updated it to where now I can store all my Beats audio. I keep wanting to call it Beats audio. Beats music uh, downloads onto the memory card, which is nice. So the big issue, if you remember before, when I had tried the HTC One, is that the music service was terrible. I had no reason to, uh, to keep it when I had an iPhone that did a really good job with iTunes music. Uh, now, between Google Music or Google Play Music, which I have all my music stored in the cloud for it, everything that I own. But then also through Beats Music, I can download any song and store it to my, my device and listen to it offline without using data. Between those two things and being able to store them on my memory card, that that uh, uh, negates anything the iPhone had. Oh, I, There's a little <laughs> thing I, I, I was telling Curtis about this the other day that I'd like to recommend for people called BT Guard. If you want to be able to just download BitTorrents indiscriminately, you don't have to worry about getting an email from your internet service provider saying, Hey, you, you stop it now, you kids, get off my lawn. If you don't want that email, just use something called BT Guard, which is a, a proxy between you and what you're actually downloading so that your actual IP address is never exposed to the internet. And the end result is, uh, if anybody does see you downloading a movie that you're not supposed to be downloading or whatever it is you're downloading, if anybody does track your IP address and they decide that they're going to determine who the owner of that IP address is, what time was the address being used, and then they're going to figure out by that, you know, who was using it, and then the email goes out, well, there's no one to send it to because it's an IP address in Canada or it's an IP address in Germany. And the uh, I really recommend this. I, I'm just, I've just become so disgusted by the way the content industry has handled certain aspects of 
consumer content acquisition, I, I guess is how you might say it, or let me rephrase that. I'm using too many words to say something that's really simple. <laughs> I've gotten really annoyed over the years watching how the content production industry, movies, music, whatever, has treated its customers, suing them. Uh, and, and oftentimes when it's entirely unjustified, somebody connects to your Wi-Fi and downloads a bunch of songs and you end up getting sued for $25 million. Wasn't there, what was her name? Is like Jammy something or it was some... It was some single mother who ended up ended up getting right. sued for like twenty five million dollars, and yeah. I think she lost. She actually yeah. had a judgment rendered against her, and I don't know if that yeah. was ever. A, I think his name was Jamie Thomas or something. Yeah, it was, it was a weird like name. That. Yeah, <clears throat> and uh, seeing things of that nature happen, I've just come to the conclusion that it's best to encourage people to engage in piracy, and I'm tired of this notion that. Oh yeah, but the artists—they the artists never have gotten paid. Look throughout music yeah. history. How many artists out there really made a lot of money? Unless they were really smart business people and they got ahead of the curve and got the publishing rights to the yeah, music they that they their, performed. They've uh, always made their money off a of tour. That's uh, it. Either tour, yeah. touring or selling merchandise. But yeah. but for those two revenue streams, they'd be in the street. So yeah. this notion that because I go and I download some music off of the Pirate Bay, uh, some artist somewhere can't make his power bill payment this month, that's absolutely ridiculous. That's It's never been the case that the artist gets any meaningful income as a result of my going out and actually purchasing music through official channels. What does happen, yeah. though, is if I go out and I download some music illegally that I enjoy... And I become aware of an artist that I otherwise wasn't aware of, then I might be more inclined to go see them on tour. Or I might buy a shirt. Or I might buy a poster, even if this were 1993 and I were 13 yeah. years old. But whatever. It's not as simple as it's being portrayed to be. And additionally, these arguments about starving artists, they're really not based in any sort of factual real world circumstance at all it's just emotional shit that has nothing to do with reality in terms of how the music industry compensates its talent it's it's entirely it's just a lie so yeah, yes oh, i encourage me. you go out and download illegally pay for a bt guard subscription it'll cost you 6.95 a month download until you're blue in the face thank you or, I'm michael van Dieven. or you could go with the curtis plan which is uh subscribe to a service like Beats Music and have 20 million songs available to you to download and store for as long as you have the service. WR250 says he just pirates over someone else's Wi-Fi. Nice guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, well, on the same uh, line, uh, are you a Game of Thrones fan? I uh, posted about this in, on Belgab the other day. I officially am not yeah. going to get into any TV show ever again until that show is entirely finished, the finale has been really, and, and it's in the yeah. bag. Yeah. And I can just plow through it. I'm not going to be strung along for 18 months waiting for a new episode of some stupid show that I enjoy watching to come out. I'm not going to go through that anymore. And particularly, yeah. I, I really came to this conclusion a few years ago when I decided, okay, it's time to find out what all the hoopla is about, as my grandmother would say. And so I decided I would start plowing through all of the episodes of Lost. And I did Same it, thing with me. I did it just before the series ended, 
and I think that by the time I got done plowing through all the episodes on Netflix and elsewhere, there were something on the order of like six episodes remaining to be broadcasted. And so I got all the way through it until those final six, and then I had to sit like everybody else and wait for them. That wasn't too terrible since they were all just coming out one after the other. I didn't really have to wait too terribly long. But the thing is, the ending of that show was so just, it just entirely failed to deliver. It was just this, oh, they were, yeah. what, what, they were all dead the whole time. Uh, but they, but they weren't. They were all in different stages. But they were dead. But they all, <laughs> I don't, but, I don't but know. Some of, but some of them lived out their lives. It they was, all didn't get there at the same time. But ugh, it, it just turned out to be such a disappointment, and it became so clear that the things they were incorporating into that show, uh, they were writing it on the fly, obviously, and well, they didn't even they know. Off not. They didn't that, even know themselves how they were going to explain this stuff. They were just writing it, and they thought, ah. Eh, We'll yeah. figure it out later on down the road. And the, the the methods by which they did end up explaining these things, like that little tornado-looking thing that would go around or whatever it was yeah. that would go around killing people on the island. I, I remember the explanation for that. I, I just about I just about vomited in my own drink yeah. when well, I saw that. Well, bug me about that because just like you, I, I, I watched everything like in between epi- or season four and five. Uh, I avoided it like the plague for several years up until season four. And then I, I finally watched it. The first episode thought this actually is pretty good. So I, I plowed through all of the four seasons to get ready for season five. And then I had to watch all of that along, you know, real time. Uh, and season one was awesome. And season two, you can tell right when that the moment the others showed up and, and the whole character of Ben, uh, he was such a fan favorite that they changed everything because of him. And you could tell the show took a major dive after that because it was great. Season one, season two, right up to the point to where Ben says the word, the others, the first time. And after you hear about others and the show sucks, uh, another show like that was a Smallville. I'm a big comic books, geek, comic book geek. And, uh, I avoided Smallville for a long time. I think that was on for 10 seasons. And by season nine, I finally, uh, watched it and so I had to hurry to catch up because I wanted to watch the last episode live and uh, <laughs> luckily I got got to where I was able to do that uh, and was disappointed by that too because I mean it was still a good show overall but the whole thing was whether or not he would wear the cape and fly and in the end of it all you got was a CGI version it was really annoying well my point uh, but my point in mentioning lost is that was a e- good example even without I mean, yes, there's the problem of being strung along and having to wait for these episodes to come out. But the other thing is, it's too much of a risk because often the quality's not there to justify the wait. Yeah. So I'm just not going to go through any of that. I'm sure I will eventually see this show, Game of Thrones, but I I, I don't even know what it's about. I have no clue about this show. I don't, I I have no idea. And when it's completely finished, I don't even want you to tell me. When it's completely finished, I'll start watching it. Well, here's the thing. That show, one one of the big deals about it is that anything can happen. It's not like any other show you've ever watched in terms of character development and all of that. It's totally different. Uh, so they just had the finale uh, at the end of last week, and uh, this awesome uh, article on The Onion about it, it, it fits perfectly with uh, uh, the conversation we've had up to this point. I love this headline that shocking Game of Thrones finale concludes with the arrest of 5 million viewers for privacy for for piracy. I can't read tonight. Uh, But uh, 
I, I just love the idea because that's like the the most pirated TV show currently. Uh, I love that article. That uh, again, it's on the Onion. Nobody right? was really. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, but uh, but it's just it fits perfectly with the show. If you ever watch it, uh, the the article says following a critically acclaimed uh, ten episode run, the HBO. Uh, Gosh, I can't read. The HBO series Game of Thrones capped off its fourth season Sunday night with a shocking finale that concluded with five million viewers being taken into police custody for the pirating of the show online. And here's a quote from one of the uh, people arrested. Uh, Wow, you expect some major shakeups in the final episode of the season. But that part right at the end when the FBI kicked in my door and told me to get on the ground, I did not see that coming at all. Uh, And that just fits perfect with the Game of Thrones if you're a fan of it. well, but I uh, hope somebody out there got it. No, they didn't, but it's okay. <laughs> well, the thing is that Game of Thrones is one of the most pirated shows on TV. It's sad that I pay $10 a month just to have, uh, I don't have HBO service, but well, I guess I do now, but uh, I don't watch it because I have it on Comcast and I use uh, DirecTV as my main TV source. But for $10 a month, that gives me HBO Go so I can watch Game of Thrones. Oh, I can't talk Game of Thrones. You know, another one that I'm really glad I waited on was The Sopranos. I I heard someone the other day, I think it was on Opie and Anthony, I think someone said that um, there were periods during the production of that show where people had to wait 18 months for a new episode. Yeah, I never... Can you imagine that? No. I'm so happy I waited on that one. I, I didn't watch a single episode until, again, like maybe the last six or seven episodes. Yeah, see, I uh, I never... I've never had any interest in that show. I don't know why. Really? Yeah, I mean, like, I I love the why? genre, but I just I don't know. Maybe it was the people who were would get so excited about it. just like Game of Thrones people do now, I guess. But I'm I'm already on their team because I read the first book and I was into it. Uh, but uh, I don't know. Just Sopranos never has been exciting to me, and then to hear people talk about the uh, the ending. The ending is really a kick in the beanbag. I mean, it's just like all these years people sat and invested emotionally in this show, and that's how you end it. And But I think the idea there is with the screen, well, I can't tell you. You haven't seen it. I know. Uh, I've I've watched clips of it on YouTube. You've seen the ending? Yeah, because I I don't think I'm ever going to sit down. And you like the genre? The thing that made The Sopranos interesting was that it was in the genre, but it didn't hold any of these like uh, storytelling conventions that you would expect from the genre. You know the yeah. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. Right. Never trust anyone outside the family. You know that. Like, yeah. See, I love those movies. Uh, I don't know. Just something. Maybe what was the Gandolfini? He's passed away now, right? No, he uh, lives uh, in the apartment next door to me. Oh, does he? Sweet. Yeah, he's a shitty neighbor, but go ahead. <laughs> well, it's because of all the uh, the family business he has Keeps to Keeps dumping on the spoiler of my car. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> well, you've earned that. <laughs> I'm like, Gandolfini again. Clearly, yeah. this is an Italian shit. I think I see some uh, garlic bread in here. <laughs> Gandolfini. Uh, yeah, see, I, I, I don't know. He just, I think it was him that was the reason why I was less interested in it. And I've watched uh, the lady who played his wife, uh, the TV show she has now, Nurse Jackie. I just can't get into that either. Uh, 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 wait, Tony Soprano's wife, the yeah. the woman who played her, Carmela yeah, Soprano. I I've, I don't care. I couldn't watch something with her in it. Yeah, it I mean, like if that. she it's were, a good show. I mean, something that like a show that rests its credibility as or entertainment 
capabilities as a show on her being a part of it? No. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's not that good. I, I watched two episodes of it. I thought if I liked that, that I would. Maybe that's why I don't like it. I guess. Man, go back I, and give The Sopranos a chance. It's really a great show. Well, I'm You're missing out. Now you really are. In the next two weeks, I should have Breaking Bad done. I, I, I walked away from it for a little while because I just wasn't excited by it. Edie Falco, uh, yes. Yeah, Falco, yep. That's, yeah, it's her show. Uh, she has a Nurse show? Jackie. Yeah, Nurse Jackie on HBO. It's, really? Uh, it's not that great. Well, I've only seen two episodes, but it, the first two were not Edie that Edie Falco is expected to carry a show? She doesn't. <laughs> I mean, yeah, she's getting paid to, but it's HBO. Sometimes they have a Game of Thrones, and sometimes they don't. Hmm. For every Game of Thrones, there's five uh, Nurse Jackies on there. Or Californication. Was was that on Showtime or HBO? Showtime. Never okay. saw yeah. it because I can't well, stand David Duchovny. But. <laughs> See, I, I really like him, but... Really? Uh, well, I did, yeah. I, you know, I think, it was a, uh, I think it was a Letterman appearance of his in the late 90s. I saw it, and he was so conceited and so arrogant and so condescending. Oh, I believe and it. And not in a humorous, like, uh, this is kind of jokey sort of way. He really believed it, and... From that point forward, I just anything that that guy's involved with, I've just steered clear. I I couldn't be bothered. Yeah, I mean, all I know of him was from uh, obviously X Files, which I I only started watching X Files towards the the last season of it. So I knew I, I didn't you know, back then. You didn't have Netflix to to binge watch, so I only watched those episodes. Then when I do go back, if I see it, if an episode isn't part of the conspiracy. Then I don't watch it. I only I'm only interested in seeing an episode that has the smoking smoking man right uh, talking about the actual conspiracy. If it doesn't lead up to the actual movie, then I don't care about the episode. I think the X Files is overrated. From at least from what I've seen, I Most tried. I tried. I think it was maybe two years ago. I tried to just go ahead and plow through it. I downloaded the whole series. And, yeah, see, I couldn't watch all. No, of them. it was on Netflix actually, and starting with episode one, one right after the other. I think I made it about six episodes in, and I just said, you know, uh, no thanks. This, this, no, not interested. Well, it, uh, only reason I know about these shows is because my my daughter watches them. They're older, but uh, uh, oh gosh, I can't think of the name of it now. I can see the cover. There was a series of books. They're like kid scary books uh and they had a tv show that went along with it and it was like you know that the level of scariness that uh uh elementary age kid would like i can't think what they're called now but uh the acting on it seemed the same as the x-files they seem to be produced by the same people i i think it's like they're, they're one step below a stephen king well no many steps below a stephen king in terms of the scariness but uh I just I, I never really could get into X Files unless it was uh, an alien conspiracy episode. Well, uh, what do you say we take a break? Okay, this will be our first. Uh, this is the spec sheet. If you want to be on the show, the number to call is going to be five seven three eight three seven forty nine forty eight. It's five seven three eight three seven forty nine forty eight. We'll be back in a little bit and uh, maybe take a couple of your calls. Stick around. Is the spec sheet. Takes the 
with Curtis Thornton, the Internet's premier technology podcast. On this broadcast, we're accepting tech support calls only from middle-aged black females named Lois. Call the show now at 573-837-4948. That's 573-837-4948. And now, here's the spec sheet. Okay. I'm almost done. It's a lot more fun, don't you know? I haven't heard these in a long time. Yeah. I was just saying my favorite song was on. I don't know if anyone else likes these other than me or not. Nobody ever really no, I do. I, I like it. <laughs> I support it. Well, What's the guy's name again? Oh. Or the, the company that... Well, shit. I forgot his name. Let me go take a look. Okay... Uh, I was just saying in the chat room, I think. Go ahead. Phil Thomas Cat. That's K-A-T-T. He's got a channel on YouTube called The Uncharted Zone, where you can see other people like uh, Mark Gormley, whose videos have gotten millions of views, just because the way the music sounds and is in no way... Uh, congruent with what you see when you watch them. It's the strangest thing ever. It makes me want to do a video. I want to do a music video now. I need to get a hold of Mark Gormley and see if I can use some of his music as bumper music here. I just haven't gotten around to it. But Anyway, uh, this is the spec sheet. If you want to be on the show, the number to call is going to be 573-837-4948. It's 573-837-4948. And Curtis just sent me this story during the uh, break here. Uh, apparently, hackers have stolen data on more than 600,000 Domino's Pizza customers in Belgium and France, the pizza delivery company said. And an anonymous Twitter user threatened to publish the data unless the company pays a cash ransom. I doubt that's going to get paid. Yeah. I mean, does pizza or Domino's really care if someone has the addresses? They're going to drive yeah. to all of their homes and kill them. I mean, yeah. What, what are you going to do with addresses? Customer names, delivery. That. It's customer names, delivery addresses, phone numbers, email addresses, and passwords. Okay, well, the worst thing that's going to happen here is hackers are going to log into dominoes.com uh, and, order. and order fake pizzas that don't go anywhere. Here's what I find interesting about it. This article, when it came through my feed, is from the Sydney Morning Herald, so it's out of Australia, and Jasmunda is in New York right now. So I think let's do the math. Yeah, I mean, you work it out. the The most shocking part of this is that there's 600,000 customers for Domino's outside the U.S. I uh, you, you gotta wonder. I mean, at, is there gonna be a point at which people like, especially huge corporate enterprises who have an online presence? I mean, is there not gonna be some point where they kind of like nail it down and figure out how not to have customers' data stolen. I mean, well, do you, I mean, I know there's be- no such thing as security, but at the same time, it's like automobiles, you know? I mean, just as the years go by and we see how people have accidents, we see what happens to people in accidents, we see what can be improved upon, what needs to be done away with, what needs to be modified, and as time goes by, cars get safer and safer and safer, and so you're you're far less likely to die in a car accident today than ever before. So, um, I mean, isn't that 
isn't there something analogous that could be said about well, the uh, web security business? I mean, it just seems like this stuff's not getting any better. I would look at it like credit card uh, security because it ultimately ends up being the leads down that road anyway because that's what the hackers wanted was the credit card data, I'm sure. But if you look at how Europe uh, deals with credit card fraud in America and see how much more advanced and, and proactive I think Europe is, there's a thing you, you've probably seen called uh, pen and chip to where in, in Europe, if you're issued a credit card and it has a specific uh, pen with it, you can't use that card unless you're physically there and you're required by law to. Like if you hand your card to a server at a restaurant to go swipe, you're actually breaking the law and you're liable for anything now that happens with that card because you let it out of your, your site. You've got to swipe it and put the pin in. So there's like two-factor two authentication sort of happening there. Uh, well, not sort of. There is. You have a physical card and you're also putting in a pin. Uh, that's how it should be. Uh, but uh, the, th the fact that all of the responsibility is on the end user who holds the credit card, unlike in the U.S. where our insurance companies uh, cover everything to where we give our cards to everybody, it's ridiculous, and then we never have to pay for the charges if we claim fraud. Uh, completely different. Man, uh, I'm so scenario. happy to be American. Yeah, well, I think online data has to become like that. You should never have to leave your data with a corporate entity to do something. It should be a one-time transaction that we know everything is deleted after that. Yeah, that's the, maybe, what, what maybe is that? I mean, why are they even holding on to this stuff? I mean, honestly, is it is it really saving that much hassle to hold on to no. this data? I mean, in the end of every at the end of the day, it's it seems to me it's really costing you a lot more in terms of uh, public goodwill and in terms of you know liability. I mean. Okay, so yeah. my credit card data is saved at dominoes.com, so that allows me to order 45 seconds more quickly than I would have otherwise. Yeah. Well, you know, all they have what's to do, wrong with people? Why don't we have a system where they take their auto-generated account ID for us, and that has all the history of what we've ordered from them. It has our address, but it has nothing for, like, pizza to have our address, but if we didn't need it to have that, then even better. But uh, But have no payment information. So there's really no value then to hack my data because you don't care who I am, where I am, and what I've ordered. All you really want is my my payment details. I, I, I think we need to get to the point to where we're like Europe uh, with credit cards to where each individual person takes a lot more responsibility for the data about them on the Internet. And uh, if, if you want to use something like a password protection program, that's your risk you're taking. You better hope you pick the right company to work with. Uh, but then... Uh, all these entities that store account information, all of that is just an ID on their side that relates to history specific to what I've ordered from them and my preferences, but there's no other personally identifiable account information. I store all that, and then I choose to share, or I, I choose to authenticate an ID back to me. That's the way it needs to be, I think. What about one-time credit card numbers, single use? I think that's yeah, well, the way to go. PayPal then, tried to push that. Well, there are, and certain credit card companies have. I think uh, a few banks have, but it's certainly not something prevalent. And yeah. uh, I think that there needs to be some mechanism in place for regular people who are not tech savvy to be able to generate single-use credit card numbers for everything. Well, what if your bank would do that? Think about, like, let's say that banks became not just the holder of my financial data, but then also my account data. So now Domino's or 
uh, Amazon, any of these places that I might order online, they have to authenticate back through my bank. And so the bank is the single source that says, yes or no, I am the, the right account number through some, you know, as, as secure as it can be uh, method to say that that ID number matches up and the, the transaction is approved. And that way, I, the only place I have my data stored is in my bank. Uh, and I can do, like you just said, I could have a, a single uh, generated uh, transaction ID that goes back to my account. I, th- I think that's probably the future. Like you look well, at it's all just the a standard credit card number, but it dies after its first use. Whatever well, that use where, happens if you're to be. a financial institution were the ones that did that, then uh, I think that would take care of it. Because I think you need one, if you want to do away, like I just said, with all of the entities out there holding all my information, then you need to pick somebody to be your single source of all of your data now. Maybe you put in all your credit cards, not even ones that come through that bank, but you're going to trust them now to store all of this, uh, and they're going to authenticate all your transactions from this point forward. But do it in a way to where there is a randomly generated transaction ID that's unrelated to my account ID or my credit card number, so it's throwaway. If somebody were to grab that, it means nothing. It can't be traced back to my account because there's so many other auto-generated things that, like, the, the only problem then is that if your bank gets hacked or your third-party clearing source gets hacked, they get everybody then through that. There's always going to be a point of failure. It, it makes me think about, like, like in the future, all these different uh, sci-fi shows that have the idea of electronic credits in the future that, you know, I have so many credits for something, uh, Try to relate that to the real world and the the lack of security we have, how we could not do that right now. In other news, my feet really stink. Boy, they stink. We we need breaking news music. I was uh, wearing sandals all day today, and uh, so then at the end of it all, I come home and I take my sandals off. And I don't know if you've ever worn a pair of Birkenstocks all day long, and then you get home with them, and uh, boy, do they stink. <laughs> it's just like, and I'm sitting here, this whole show, I'm, my feet just smell like an exhumed casket, you know, <laughs> trying not to be distracted by this. Uh, it's really been, it's really been difficult to bring this show to you tonight. And uh, the things you go through, man, I want everyone to know how I've suffered in order yeah. to provide for their entertainment this evening. It's, uh, yeah. well, it's really well, hey, something. I probably stink because of the temperature right now is 91 degrees in the room I'm in. So. Really? Yeah. Is it really? That's what the, therm- that's what the Yeah. I have my air conditioner off, but the thermometer is still on. Wow. Or the, the display, and it says 91 right now. Yeah. Wow. It I'm probably so- doesn't help that I've got bright lights above me in, mm. in the studio. Democrats want paid prioritization on the web band. To- How is it we both have the same articles? Um, surely it's not because we just uh, hastily run down Google News in the technology oh, section before well, the show. I don't know. Maybe that is how we have the same articles. I don't know. <laughs> Two Democrats on Tuesday unveiled a net neutrality bill that would ban ISPs from striking paid prioritization deals with content providers. So in other words, this bill would prevent Netflix from being held hostage by Comcast, who would in turn threaten to hobble the services Netflix provides to its customers unless Netflix pays Comcast uh, for the pleasure of providing that service to Comcast's customers. Uh, 
boy, yes, is that just well, – let me well, – I guess I'll read some more of this. The Online Competition and Consumer Choice Act from Senate Judiciary Chairman Patrick Leahy and Representative Doris Matus, or Matsui is intended to prevent the creation of a two-tiered – two-tiered – Internet system. I got a frog in my thigh. Yeah, at least I'm the only, not the only one that can't read tonight. <laughs> paid, priorita- paid prioritization is under consideration at the FCC as part of its new net neutrality rules. Initially, Chairman Tom Wheeler proposed allowing paid prioritization if it were commercially reasonable. But amidst backlash, he revised the proposal before a final vote to ask for public comment on whether paid prioritization should be banned outright course it should be banned outright if you get if you buy an internet connection that's the transaction that is the uh facilitator of the service that's the end of it if i've paid for that you provide me an agreed upon amount of bandwidth and an agreed upon amount of monthly data transfer and that is it that's where the complexity of it all ends and if you start striking deals as an internet service provider with Netflix or failing to strike deals with Netflix. And as a result, my ability to watch Netflix gets hobbled. As far as I'm concerned, you as the internet service provider are now in breach of the contract that you have with me, the end user. Now see, I'm torn on it's this. It's so simple to me. I, I don't, I, I see what you're saying, but then there's also the issue that, uh, Google, Netflix, uh, trying to think of other places, Amazon, Pornhub, well, 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 yeah, especially them. Uh, all those companies have deals to put content cache servers in ISPs, which are going to give faster, or, you know, seemingly faster, better service because you have a cache right there at the ISP level. But uh, so that's basically giving you a pipeline to faster data for certain places. I agree that nothing should be throttled because that does breach uh, the 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 implied contract you have with your service provider. Uh, but there are a lot of things on the internet that are really expensive to stream, like Netflix specifically. Look how expensive that is in terms of uh, bandwidth and then actual costs versus what is being provided to everybody. It's not like every person on that node is using Netflix, but the people who are are sucking up a large amount of data, but everyone's paying the exact same price. So, on your node of your Comcast or your Charter or your Time Warner uh, cable connection, you're getting throttled by the other people on your node that are using Netflix. So, yeah, the ISP didn't do it, but the users in my group might do that to me anyway. So, well, I don't know who your internet service provider is, but I haven't had a problem. Well, yeah, we shouldn't. Have as a, a problem, result but. of what my neighbors are doing on a cable internet connection ever. But it's going to get worse with 4K video, with audio hopefully getting better over time with uh, services that actually support better uh, codecs and processing. Well, that's just it. it We're getting better it, codecs all the time that are way more efficient. Um, yeah, but but 4K, like uh, Netflix is already sort of killing the internet uh, with, with the amount of traffic being processed through. That's why they have to put content caches out there everywhere, but, but Comcast fights them constantly with it. But... Someone's going to have to pay for it. I think from the point of view of an end user and logically what you said makes complete sense. But then there's a business part of it of how am I going to maintain an ISP that if, if, 
at least makes a little bit of money or breaks even at, at the minimum, which none of these companies want to break even, it's not going to be possible as uh, Netflix and services like it, Amazon's video service, uh, iTunes, you know, all of them out there, uh, Hulu, they, they, they take more and more bandwidth away from the other purposes of the Internet. Uh, data backups, there's another one. I mean, everyone who does online backups, all, all the amount of the pipe, the pipe isn't getting big, big quick enough to handle all the different bits that want to come through it. So something's going to have to happen. There's a breaking point that's going to occur. I don't like what, what Comcast is, is supporting, but I also don't know that the idea of just net neutrality specifically as it is being right. I'm, I don't know who the good guys and bad guys are corporate and government wise, but I know the end user is getting screwed somewhere in all of this. I think the, the bad guy clearly is your ISP. I mean, See, I, I, don't, I just, uh, I think some so ISP clear to me. Well, I, I can make a case in a certain scenario. I think you're right. But I think as you look at other things here, like the ISP has nothing to do with, with new technologies and how they get implemented on the web. The IT or the ISP is kind of agnostic initially when something new comes out. So like Netflix gets big, more people jump on higher speed connections because of Netflix. So the ISP is happy because they got more business. Then all of a sudden they realize all the resources it's taking to support this new thing that brought them more business, but not enough to potentially cover all the needs for it. I just, I, I can see that there might be two sides to it. And, and I'm not saying that I'm against net neutrality because I'm not, I think it makes sense, but there is also an, uh, an issue somewhere that has to get sorted out with this because there's no such thing as a free lunch. And that's what net, net neutrality is kind of expecting ISPs to. It's this uh, simple. I think we have companies who are providing internet service people to people who want to make more money than they're currently making. It's that simple. I mean, is there any uh, major internet service provider out there today who's not profitable? Is Comcast not profitable? Is Charter not profitable? Is Verizon not profitable? Yeah, they I mean, are, but they're 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 seeing the revenues change though. It's not like like Comcast specifically. Uh, they're they're trading one for the other. Uh, they're trading TV service for internet service, and that's got to be freaking them out. Uh, I mean, we know it is. Uh, that's why they bought a, a an entire channel so they could have more control over it. Uh, for at least attempt, but, let's but so, I mean, again, I, oops, <laughs> let me do this. Oh, uh, hey, call Bart, call right back. Uh, caller, if you can hear me, call right back. I screwed up. Okay, let me remove that person from the call here. I just dumped everything. I really am a dumbass. Let me call uh, Curtis back right in the middle of a point. I don't know what he, uh, Maybe he'll be able to carry on where he left off there. Clearly, he hates America, though, with his position on this issue. Uh, that's pretty obvious. And Jesus. And he's not a fan of Shirley Temple. Uh, that troubles me, perhaps, most of all. It's just very anti-Shirley Temple. Um. Okay, well, I'm going to go ahead and take this call, because apparently I'm not going to be able to get through to Curtis. It seems like he's not answering. Hey there, you're on the air. Hi. Hello, MV. Hi. Who's this? This is Neuropathy. Hey, brother. What are you up to? Long time no here. I've got a new uh, microphone. Um, are you calling me from, like, a computer with a microphone plugged into it, or are you calling me from a phone? Yes. Uh, computer with a microphone plugged in. 
Hmm. And did so did you dial the phone number from Skype or did you just make a direct call to my Skype username? Uh, I dialed the phone number. From okay. Skype. Yeah, I was wondering why it you you actually sound like you are uh, on a traditional phone line. Do you want to try calling into the actual Skype username and that way you'll sound really good? I could try that. What's the Skype username? It's it's. Uh, I'm gonna type it in the chat room here. It's M V D R T. And if that well, actually, it's <laughs> this is so stupid. I need to get a, I need to get a different Skype username, one that's a little better for this show. It's Illusion Transfusion. <laughs> Let me type that. Uh, okay, I just typed it in the chat room. It's Illusion Transfusion. If you'll contact me on that username, uh, that Skype username, you should sound like you're just right here with us as opposed to sounding like you're calling in uh, over the phone because as it is uh, there's no way I can possibly appreciate your new microphone you just sound like you're calling in over a traditional phone line although I mean for a phone call it sounds great but certainly wouldn't allow anybody to appreciate your phone I don't know why Curtis isn't answering the phone just calling 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 it says now he's typing there he is can you hear me now hey yeah, there you are. That was weird. <laughs> it's like Comcast knew I was talking about them because my connection just dropped. I don't even know. I, I probably ran. You want to know what's weird? Minutes. Is that I actually accidentally hung up on you, and your loss of everything sort of corresponded with me accidentally hanging up on you. We got a caller, and instead of doing the add to conference thing, I... Well, no, I did click add to conference. You just happened to drop at that exact moment. Yeah. What the That's hell? Weird. Well, because like my my laptop was almost like it was fully locked up, but it but then I went and opened something else up and it worked fine. That, that was weird. Well, <laughs> because I, I kept talking, I didn't know that we were disconnected. I'm on my phone now because I can't get Skype to start on my laptop. Well, one thing is clear. I used to think I used to be under the impression that if somebody from Skype placed a call uh, to us in Skype by dialing the phone number, that they would. And Curtis, are you still there? You lost him. Uh, me? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Curtis is still. Like, there. I, didn't know I used to think that if I used to think that if somebody opened up Skype and dialed our Skype phone number, that they would come through to us as if they're having a Skype to Skype call, but apparently not because Neuropathy just called in and he dialed the phone number from within the Skype application on his computer, and he sounded like he was on a damn phone line. Oh, really? Yeah. I hate, I hate that when that happens. Well, you sound better now, but you're, you sound better now, but you're way quiet, uh, neuropathy. You might want to, yeah, you might want to jack it up a little bit. I, if I were you, I would go into tools, options, audio settings, and tick the little thing for automatically adjust microphone. Is that that's a little better? Oh yeah. Way oh yeah, it, it cranked it up way high. Oh yeah, I can't hear him. You sound I was worried great now. I was worried about popping, so I put a little wind cover over the microphone, but. You've got to have one of those, especially if it's a condenser mic. You really got to have one. Uh, just if anything beyond the wind and pop and all that stuff, like this, like right now, I'm going. Pop, 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 pop. I mean, you don't hear a thing. I mean, you would never. If I remove it, oh you yes, hear the, yeah, you hear the yeah. difference between those yeah. two. It's That's night and day. Uh, it's a dynamic uh, microphone. I went to uh, some review site and said. Uh, the Audio Technica ATR twenty one hundred was uh, the cat's meow hmm. for a cheap cheap mic. How much? It's 
Uh, 50 something. Curtis, can you hear him? No, I can't. Really? All I hear is you talking. <laughs> okay, Curtis, hang up and call back, and I'm going to re-add you to this conference. Okay. Nice. All right. Boy, it's it's, uh, it's a very professional uh, enterprise that we have going here, and uh, I'm thrilled to be a part of it, and it also comforts <laughs> me to know that the listening audience is here to be a part of it as well. Anyway, neuropathy, uh, so what's new in your life, uh, technology-wise or otherwise? Anything that you think is uh, worth bringing to the table? Well, I was just listening to you talk about uh, a one-time use credit card number, yes. and Dis- Discover Card has only hear that you. option. They they had it for a while and they dropped it and they got a lot of complaints apparently and they they brought it back. I don't know why Curtis can't hear you. It is so distracting when shit doesn't work right. So anyway, Curtis, he was just saying that uh, Discover had the one time credit card number thing, and they got rid of it. And then you said they brought it back. Is that what they you did? did? Br- yes, they didn't bring it back. How do you go about using that? I mean, do you like have to log into their website and specifically generate one of these numbers or? And then go out and use it. They have a, an option for generating a little uh, That's how PayPal program was. on your desktop. But I chose to do a single or a one-time use um, to get that option. But hmm. a couple of you know, a couple of ways to do it. If you if you do it a lot, and then uh, you get something that allows you to do that uh, very easily. And uh, I I just go on the website, the occasional uh, online purchase that I do. Your mic really does sound great. I got to say, good purchase. You did some research before you bought that? I did some research. And uh, got the Audio-Technica ATR2100, it plugs into USB and it has the plug-in for the standard uh, audio, four-pin audio connection. What was the model number? Audio-Technica what? ATR2100. ATR2100. Let me take a look at this mic here and see what we're talking about. Okay, yeah. Very nice. So the um, windshield that you've got is that like the type that uh, fits over the top? It's just a. I have a foam ball over the yeah, top. Yeah. Okay. It, I, I don't have a windshield. I mean, I don't, really don't have a. Uh, what is it? The spit. Uh, spittoon. No. Spittoon. No. 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 <laughs> the the uh, the device that goes in front of the mic to <laughs> to stop the peas from popping. Yeah, that's uh, the, yeah, that's what I've got. I, my mouth is actually, um. I'd say it's about four inches away from the mic, and uh, this this windshield sort of forces you to properly distance your mic from the mouth, or your mouth from the mic. Do, 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 pop your peas. Let me hear it. Uh, I don't pop the peas very. Just go like. Pop, pop, pop. Well, you, and you suddenly got really quiet. I don't know. Did you do something to your volume levels? Nothing at all. Oh, I now just, you're back. Now you're back. Popping. Popping. It's a dynamic mic, so it's going to lose a lot, maybe, through that through that screen. I, I'm learning about it. And it's well, it good... was before you did that, though, that the volume just suddenly caved in. Didn't touch anything. It must be really? my uh, projection. I'm going to have to start working on my diaphragm exercises. <laughs> I don't know if you're uh, supposed to say die. This is more of a family show, neuropathy. I don't know I, if you should be saying that word. Uh... I understand. There's lots of different parts that are named the same thing, so we, you got to take have... it in context. We have lots of virgins listening to this show. You don't need to be talking about diaphragms. Very offensive. It's, uh, it's unwanted. <laughs> okay, well, um, I think maybe this is a good... Unless you have something else, neuropathy, I, I, everything's falling apart here. Your volume levels keep fluctuating up and down. Up and You'll hear it, by the way, when you go back and listen to the show again. 
and I did go back and listen to to an old show, and I realized that that the phone sounded like crap. Well, so, it sounded like any other phone, as I recall. Well, no, you had the static, didn't you? And someone I recommended all, whistling, <laughs> and it kind of worked. I had all kinds of problems, but I I think putting this uh, foam ball over the microphone is probably causing some of the the sound level no, issues. No, there's a connectivity issue somewhere. Uh, I can hear it. Okay. Well, anyway, good talking to you guys. I'm are you sure. moving something or are you touching something? Uh, I'm not touching anything. You're not? Uh, okay. Nope, well. Nope. I'm, just, I'm about three inches from the end of the microphone, and uh, I'm going to pull the uh, cover off here. Hang on. Treading Water in the chat room asks, hey, what's a diaphragm? You see what you brought to this show, Neuropathy? I just, uh, we just didn't want to have to go down that road. Curtis, okay. are you still there? Yeah, but I'm listening to you on the okay. delay. Yeah, he's just listening to us, plus it's delayed. <laughs> we'll get him back for you. And uh, appreciate your patience, and you have a great evening, and I'll think of something even more intelligent to say maybe next time. <laughs> All right, brother. Well, thanks for okay. calling in, and as uh, as always, it's a pleasure to hear from you. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, you know, I don't know. See, something is really wonky with Skype here because... Normally when we have a caller, Curtis, he's gone now, by the way. Normally when we have a caller, you both show up in the same conversation window, and you're not. You're in your own separate window. I don't understand why that is. Um, anyway, I think that's going to be it for the show. I mean, uh, the gods above have sent a message to us, and that message is it's... Uh, it's uh, time to go. Uh, time to go. Skiboard over some sharks, as it were. That was really weird, though, to listen to you on the stream talk to somebody else. You felt yeah. so uh, so outcast, didn't you? Well, it felt kind of you know normal for me to be outcast, <laughs> but uh, like every time I thought I might say something, I'm like, well, no, because it's already happened. Mm -hmm. uh, but I have to say, neuropathy sounded a lot like uh, a guy from. Uh, because I remember his old call with the, the phone line that wasn't very good compared to now where it sounds like he's got a better mic. Uh, it sounded like a guy from the Dan Patrick show, one of the, the guys on it. I, almost, I, I wish I could have asked him. Is this one of your sports shows that you listen to? Yes, it to? is. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm uninterested. Anyway. <laughs> well, you know, once again, I feel defeated and lost. Thanks. Anyway, this is the spec sheet. It's been a pleasure bringing the show to you tonight. We'll see you next Tuesday, 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific, right here at ufoship.com and uh, thanks to Neuropathy for calling in thanks to everybody in the chat room and all of you who just download the show and listen but you never show up in the chat room you never call the show and you know that's the extent of your involvement in all of this thank you too I mean just downloading the show that's that gives us a reason to do this because we sure as hell don't make any money off of it maybe we shouldn't be making any money off of it maybe we don't deserve to maybe that's why people always assume that because they're not making money off of something that it's because well something's just not right but we certainly <laughs> deserve it i don't know maybe we don't deserve to maybe we suck i don't know we deserve what we're getting yeah that's uh it's a pretty weighty basket of things we've received i have to say yeah, I, I can't carry it all laying the sarcasm on there pretty thick anyway it's the, the spec sheet of riches it's the spec sheet. Uh, everybody have a good night. See you, Curtis. Uh, see bye. You. Everybody in the chat room, have a good night. We'll see you later. Bye. This is the spec sheet.